We're your hosts. I'm Faith. And I'm Dom. And this is Red Flags, a podcast where we discuss different red flags or warnings and how they relate to us both culturally, socially, and personally. Today's topic is representation. Representation in media. So I just want to start out with saying, like, obviously, we're not the most diverse group right here. <laughs> I see. Look, we got we got the gays and the women and the men and the straights all in one room. So true, bestie. Um, we check four boxes total. So I just wanted to start off by saying that, like, we're not the most nah. Nah. representative crowd. However, if anybody has a specific topic they'd like to talk about that, A, we haven't talked about, or B, maybe we don't have the expertise to talk about, feel free to message us on Instagram. And, and you know, we'd love another person to come on the podcast and talk about things. We have a very, very big guest list. We do, we, actually. We got people jostling for spots. So if you want to be on our podcast, man, you better get up here now. No, before... you, there will always be room for your people to guest host. Yeah, there's always room. It's just a matter of if you want to guest host soon. Soon? Soon. You best get your tuchus into our DMs. Follow Red Flag, the podcast, on Instagram for updates and other things. Um... We also have a link tree there for all the episodes. So, yeah. Yar. It's probably how you found this one, honestly. Yeah. Um, and and our social media team, our, our extensive social media team with its great uh, posts. Our meme posts. Yeah. Our social media team of one. Of one. And a half. I'm and a half. half a guy. I'm a half. I'm a half. A, I'm a half a guy. You're half a man. I'm a half a man. Where would you like to start? There's so many ways that we can go about this. So I have a, a good starting quote, if you will. A good quote. So uh, WGBH Educational Foundation mm-hmm. says that television, films, and digital media can influence how we see others and how we see ourselves. Accurate, authentic representation can break down barriers, open us to new ideas, create powerful role models, and even be a source of inspiration. I like that. I like that. It's true. The media has such a large effect on us. Yeah. As as two media scholars. <laughs> I wouldn't call us scholars. Th- that's what Dr. Gross calls us. Dr. Gross calls us budding media scholars. Budding. So, budding yeah. is the... We are blossoming into full, well-rounded media scholars. As, as, as two communication and media studies majors. Um, you, We can tell. Like, in the, in the stuff that we read for our commies class, we... Uh, we can see, like, the way that the media kind of plays, like, like with postmodernism. I know that's just what we talked about yesterday, so that's, like, a, a recent mm-hmm. example. But, like, with postmodernism, hashtag haunts. I, I'm not going to lie. I do, now, because of our classes, look for, like, little little symbolism Subliminal messaging? Yeah. Yo, the, to quote um, Phineas and Ferb, the platypus is a metaphor for whatever's keeping you down. And then also that the media is, in fact, a platypus. So true, bestie. Yo, kind of like how birds aren't real. As for red flags in representation, um, today's topic is less about like representation itself and more about lack of representation. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the red flag. The red flag <sighs> is the lack of representation in media. And like what determines either a lack of representation or maybe we could talk about what is bad representation? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you can you can check the boxes on a screen, 
but that doesn't mean that you're doing the right job. Would you? Does like that to, make sense? Yeah, I think we should start off with bad examples of representation in media, and then talk about the good ones. Uh, because a, this is a red flag podcast. Yeah, and b, I think after you hear something bad, you need a little good. Yeah. So, so one let me thing pull up my research. Sorry, guys. <laughs> one thing that we could do is I know that you dislike this show. But I feel like this show does a good job across the spectrum, both good and bad representation. I think predominantly it's a good representative show, I would like to believe. But it does do some misses. Let's take a look at the HBO Max limited series, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I think you know where I'm going with the bad representation. You, you alerted me to this. The cheesy, he's bi, so he has a threesome with a man. Yeah, because we talked we talked about this in our superheroes episode. Yeah, that that can was you that... name a lead gay superhero? Peacemaker, yes. Well, he is bisexual. It's not. He's stereotypically bisexual. You know what I mean? And it's not said. I don't think ever. Yeah, they, they very heavily allude. Like it's a heavy-handed metaphor. A couple, two or three times. And even if in they the do show. say it, they play off a stereotype. So it's basically like, what was the point? You yeah. know. Like and and you can you can tell me more about this as the the token straight person. You? Yeah. Okay. You can tell me more about why this is bad. Cuz like well, and we could go into this later, but It's stereotypes in general. When you stereotype a community I meant this specific stereotype. Like like tell me why it's like, you know, like a slap in the face if that makes okay. sense. Okay. So but but I need to start off by going broad and then getting more specific. Yeah, we can go broad. We can go broad. When you stereotype any community, you're putting them into a box. Especially when the stereotype is that of a bad one. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I know you make a joke about it all the time, but like women aren't funny. When you put, <laughs> or <laughs> I or, shouldn't have laughed. Or maybe I shouldn't say women belong in the kitchen. When you put that stereotype, you're pushing. Um, you're being sexist. You're pushing a group of people down. Yeah. I only used that one because I am a woman, so I can say something about it. And I know it's like the worst stereotype ever. But and if I were the one to say it, that's a red flag. Yeah. If you meant it. I know you make jokes a lot. What I was trying to say, though, is specifically when you're saying, like, when you portray a stereotype in media, it becomes who that group is, if that makes sense. So when Peacemaker's like, oh, I'm bisexual, and he proceeds to have a threesome... It makes it seem like all bisexual people want a threesome. Yeah. That there's no exception. And that's like the, and I guess maybe that's like the baseline is like the only thing that distinguishes a bisexual person is that they have threesomes. Yeah. Which is not true for all people. Obviously, like just even if a stereotype is proven true about some people, it's never true of a group. You know what I mean? Yeah. When a group is stereotyped or not shown in media... It's harmful because for somebody growing up in that group, you feel alone. You feel isolated. Yeah, let's talk about that, Faith. Like, for example, let's say you were gay when you were little. I mean, still now, but you know what I mean? Like, you, you, We can use you. I don't think anyone, no, but, I don't think anyone <laughs> doesn't know um, that you are the not I know, but I'm one. trying to make it like broader to like appeal to the audience. Okay. So let's say you're... You were gay. <laughs> let's say... You're a person who identifies in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh-huh. I'm going to be using a t- broader term of just gay, but yeah. So imagine you're 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 gay, right? Mm. And as a child, you're 
kind of figuring this out about yourself. You are. Or maybe you knew. I don't know, but maybe you're figuring it out. Um, and it's already hard to realize that like there's something different than you for most people. So then when you look at the media you consume, like children's television or whatever you're consuming as you're growing up, and you don't see anybody like you in that medium, it makes you feel even more alone. You already feel alone because you know there's something different about you. And then it kind of doubles down the fact that you feel alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, you can't even escape to somewhere where there are people like you. Like, Dom, as you were growing up, what what, what show did you watch? Just give me, like, an example. Star Wars Clone Wars. Do you see yourself? Example? No. Do you see yourself in any of the characters? Or yeah. do you like to? Who? Uh, I, I, I like a couple. Like, I like to see Just myself. Just give me one example. Uh, Hard Case. So, let's say you never had Hard Case or any types like that. It would feel it would feel weird not seeing yourself ever. Yeah, like it would see it would be weird seeing a character like watching a show and not seeing anyone who's like you. Yeah, it makes you feel like you really are different, and especially as a kid, that can be horrible. Like that can make you feel. Yeah, horrible. I could. I don't know if I could imagine that. I watch shows now, and I'm like either oh I want to be like that guy or like that guy is like me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll mm-hmm. watch what's the show that I watch right now. Oh my god, like I'll watch I'll watch Titans and I'll be like, Oh my god, like that Dick Grayson, like I that's that's cool, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I I feel like I vibe too hard with Beast Boy. I wish I didn't vibe so with Beast Boy. true, Bestie. I wish I didn't vibe with Beast Boy as much as I do. Um, so I do have examples in media throughout time of like harmful examples. Okay. What's your um let's talk about that. So the first article I have is from Aruma.com, and the title of the article is Disability Stereotypes in the Media. Dom and I are not. Neither of us are people with disabilities. Oh, However, God. we're just going to be looking at this objectively. Also, if anybody wants to talk about... Disability f- representation or something like that. Yeah, representation about people with disabilities or uh, red flags you come across, you know? Once again, message us. Okay. Don't be ableist either. Yeah. Ableism's a red flag. Stereotype number one of um, disability in media is the villain. So this example says, throughout history, books and films have drawn strong links between disabilities and evil or depravity. There are countless examples of baddies with disabilities. Baddies? (laughs) Hey, yo, baddies? From Captain Hook to Shakespeare's Richard III to many of James Bond arch enemies. It's also not uncommon for the villain to have a mental illness along with a popular or particular tendency towards violent crime. One of the media's most notorious villains, for instance, the Joker, most recently portrayed as Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, is said to have schizophrenia. So stuff like that. Like. I really like that one. What, the Joker? Yeah. I really liked Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I know that's not related, but I did like it. I can think of an example where somebody with a mental disorder is played as the villain in a movie for example have you seen have you seen um 2016 split split i love split i think they were so close to me like the filming's great the acting's great they were so close the to making, casting's good they were so close to making a good movie but then they had to be all like stereotypical about it in what way i i've only seen it once so you know how the main villain, played by James McAvoy, has yeah. dissociative dis- identity disorder. Mm-hmm. 
and one of his like so-called identities is the evil one that is kidnapping people and and somehow he can like shapeshift to be stronger and they're making people with did seem evil and like monstrous and that just perpetuates stereotypes that kind of it makes people scared of things like that when people can't help it but taking someone's mental illness and making it the reason why they're a villain is messed up you know like just because it makes it seem like just because you have a mental illness you're the enemy you're more likely to be evil you know what i mean like which is is horrible you know like that makes people scared of people with mental illnesses and once again that's a lack of representation that can be very dangerous like like in the hunchback of Notre dame they hate on quasimodo because he's so different yeah and when really he just has like his body he just built different he yeah he's a unit he's just he just has a different body type and then people are like they're they're just yeah it's messed up yeah so stereotype number two of disability stereotypes, according uh-huh. to this article, is the superhero. And you're going to love this. The example that they use is Daredevil. What is wrong with Daredevil? Um, there's the superhero. and ins- oh, Okay, sorry. I'm reading this straight from the article. On the flip side, there's the superhero, an inspirational character who is actually seen to be extraordinary or heroic just because of their disability. Um, I don't know about that, Chief. I don't know about that, Chief. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm not going to make comments on this until I'm done. Okay. News stories and online memes are big culprits of the stereotype where a person with a disability is glorified. Many people with disabilities are just as capable as everyone else and don't need gushing praise for simply living their lives. Um, Then there's the disability superpower, where fate has removed one ability, but in turn enhanced another. The hero in Daredevil, for instance, is blinded by a radioactive substance. And while he can no longer see, his other senses are heightened, giving him radar sense. While these might seem more positive stereotypes than some others, they're still not accurate and can be more than a little patronizing. So it's not that they're not positive, it's just not realistic. Sometimes, and that doesn't make it bad, but sometimes you need realistic representation, you know what I mean? Like, someone who is, Daredevil's blind, right? Yeah. Someone who is blind... And they think of, like, Daredevil, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, I, re- I relate to Daredevil. Because he's like, yeah, he went blind, but he gained other things, and now he is, like, now he has, like, super abilities. You know what I mean? So some, well, that's not a bad thing, because he is portrayed in a positive light. You just need realism sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, imagine you saw a guy just like you in media, and then, like, as he's becoming just like you everything turns out perfect for him and then you're like oh well this isn't realistic not everything's perfect all of the time you know what i mean however daredevil is a superhero show so y- yeah you know Stere- there has to be some element yeah of, of fantasy there i feel like because otherwise it's not really a superhero yeah so that makes sense it, it it but if you're consuming media that is supposed to be realistic and it's not that's when it's like uh-huh. yeah i would say i feel like i don't i, I don't get this one because in a superhero sense, I feel like it's hard to be too hyper-realistic. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, it's hard to be hyper-realistic in yeah. a context like superhero. I think that's just one example that they gave, though. Um, so, stereotype number three is the victim. And as you were talking about, they used the example of Quasimodo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, or Notre Dame? Notre Dame? Notre Dame, I think. Because it's the the 
uh, France. So the article says, another common scenario is where a person is seen as pitiful or helpless just because they have a disability. There are too many examples you of You are this- deformed. I am deformed. And you, you are, are ugly. ugly. And I am ugly. Um, there are too many examples of the stereotype to list, but a few include Quasimodo, uh, John Merrick in The Elephant Man, Tiny Tim and Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Oh my god, that right, that movie scared the shit out of me. Okay. My dad made me watch it what? one time. What? Which one? The Elephant Man. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, okay, like seven-year-old Dom was scared I know shitless who the by Elephant The Man Elephant is. Man. There are too many examples of the stereotype to list, but a few include Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, John Merrick in The Elephant Man, Tiny Tim and Dickens, A Christmas Carol, and even news reports which describe people as victims or sufferers. In all these cases, a character's disability, often combined with a particularly endearing personality, is used to gain sympathy from the audience rather than genuine compassion. This is certainly an example of focusing on the disability, not the person. I think that's fair. I can see that. There's not much else that I have to add to that, except for, like, no group of people should be portrayed as just, like, the victims. Oh, oh. Smooth. As just like the victims or the evil part, you know what I mean? Like people are so complex, they're not just one thing. And there is a difference between sympathy and compassion. It's when you use these tropes too much that it becomes a problem because then yeah. realistic representation is never available. Gotcha. And then so when <clears throat> you look at something, <clears throat> sorry. So then when you look at something in these examples, if you look, if you have a disability and you look at these examples. You're like, oh, I can't find myself because I'm either the villain, I have these super senses, which is not accurate, or I'm the victim. And you can't find, you need realistic representation at least some of the time. Or it, Yeah. once again, you feel isolated. Stereotype number four is the butt of the joke. Um, the article says, sorry. The article says making a mockery of people's differences is cowardly at best and disturbingly common. Unfortunately, many films and TV shows use it as a way to get cheap laughs, from Mary's brother Warren in There's Something About Mary to Ken's stutter in A Fish Called Wanda. Even former U.S. President Barack Obama made a cringeworthy joke about bowling in the Special Olympics, which he later apologized for. Modern-day TV documentaries such as Embarrassing Bodies poke fun at or ridicule disability or medical conditions for entertainment value. People with disabilities have also long been ridiculed in comedy shows, too, with the R-word being used much too often. An example of this, actually, which I just thought of, um, there was a TV show that was released on Netflix. I also forgot about something about Mary. I forgot about... What's the little brother's name? You just said it. Warner? Mm-hmm. Warren. 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 No, Warner's from Legally Blonde. Oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, yeah. there's a Netflix series that was released not too long ago called Love on the Spectrum. And the show is about, like, people with autism dating. Did you watch it? No, I did not. However, there I'm is there is a person. I only know about the show because there's a person on TikTok who I follow who... Um, has autism and was talking about the harmful stereotypes. Uh-huh. Like, um, for example, apparently in Love on the Spectrum, when couples are meeting, they both have like, they're both very socially awkward when they meet, and that's played for laughs. When it really shouldn't be, because it's just like that's just how it is. They're just not. Th- they just didn't know how to interact. Like it's just not funny. Like I don't yeah. know why it's played for laughs. It's like they're making fun of the people who appear on the show, which is just, it's so messed up. Yeah, you can't be doing that. 
Stereotype number five, eternally innocent. So this article uses, once again, a very famous movie, Forrest Gump. Um, Ah, phenomenal movie, by the way. The article says, in many films, characters are depicted as being angelic or childlike simply because they have a disability. In Forrest Gump, I Am Sam, and Rain Man, they're all all great examples of such movies. Often the naive and sweet character with a disability reveals the flaws of their normal adult peers, leading to them finding redemption. I think that is also messed up. When you patronize a group by being like, oh, they're so sweet or taught, like, you're trying to make them seem like not like they're less than you but you know what i mean like it's just patronizing um that's sorry all. you can't see me nod my head it occurs to me that when i'm nodding my head the listeners cannot see that Tom, this is not a visual podcast um hey, yo we can work it into the budget no no we can't <laughs> no we can't the budget that is our mental health no so that was that whole article and yeah. i have to agree like you need realistic realistic you know i'm so sorry you need realistic representation at least some point of the time. Or it just, it's important to see yourself in the media. Do you mind if I if I ask you a question? Go ahead, Dominic. Because this is just something that interests me. As a straight white man. The, you? I, yeah. Okay. As a straight white man, there was, representation of myself was abound. Whether I liked the characters or not. Because, you know, you don't like every character that looks like you or acts like you. Mm-hmm. But, with that aside, as someone who had leaps and bounds of representation, what's it like not seeing yourself? Do you notice it more now? Or was it like when you are a kid you noticed it? And as you got older, you found more? Or, I don't know. I'm asking for your own personal takes. This is going to sound really sad. I felt wrong as a person. Aw. Because... As I was kind of realizing that I might be bi while I was growing up, it was uh, like, oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> as I was really ma- realizing that as I was growing up, I would look to what I was watching and being like, oh, there's no one like me. Maybe I'm not this way. Ah. I was like, maybe I'm just confused. Maybe I'm not this way. Like You were re-questioning yourself? You yeah, because I was like, if, if if I'm not on TV, I must be wrong. Yeah. You know? I was like, S- or... I started being, like, I kind of had, like, to create characters being like me, if that makes sense. The like, headcanon? The headcanon. Like, for example, so many people say Jade from Victorious is bi. Which one's Jade? I haven't seen Victorious the in years. The goth girl. The goth girl? Yeah. Oh. Um, She's hot. What? So. <laughs> you said, you said, Because yeah. so many people were saying that on the internet, I was like, oh, I guess I can find myself in her. But at the same time, it was like. Should it take that? But it's not canon. Like, it's not true. It felt like I was creating a reality in my head to make myself feel better, and it kind of hurt. Should it take you plowing through a subreddit to find a character that resonates with you? No, it should not. It should be easy. And it's not. And that's gross. Do you think it's easier for you now as an adult or a a woman child? I think because the world is trying to be more representative not everyone not every station but because like i feel like the world is getting very slightly better very slightly but it's still hard sometimes but it's not as hard as it used to be yeah which is good who is your favorite gay character growing up or who is generally your favorite gay character i can't think of my favorite however something i really appreciated 
is when this show came out i think i was already a teenager but i have a younger brother so he was still watching stuff like this um the loud house on nickelodeon never heard of it i wasn't a nickelodeon kid that much so the loud house is a show about this kid named lincoln and his like 60 there's not actually 60 i think there's like maybe 10 sisters or something oh like he has a lot of sisters he's the only boy and one of his sisters is i don't know if she's bi or gay or whatever but she likes women she's a woman who likes who doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry and seeing that as a teenager how she just so casually like they didn't specifically say she was gay right but like she said she had a crush on a woman like she didn't need to say it she was and something like that it was very nice to see because like she just was nobody made a big deal out of it and when she told her brother like oh i have a crush on this girl he was like oh let's set you up with her like it wasn't played off as oh my god you're gay like i feel like one thing is every gay story every popular gay story you see in media is always a coming out story ah like for example love simon coming out story i haven't seen Um, i haven't seen a lot of gay story movies What's another popular gay film? Alex Strangelove, coming out story. And while, don't get me wrong, it's important to have those, I would like to see a popular gay film or TV show in media, like, that is, that grows to be really popular. That's not just a coming out story. Like, that's just about kind of after that. Yeah. Like, after the coming out, just you existing as a gay human. <laughs> because while... Like in, like in Poison, or like in Harley Quinn? Yeah, like, like in Harley Ivy. Quinn with Poison Ivy and Harley. It's not played for like oh my god they're gay it's kind of it kind of just happens yeah they stumble into it it. yeah another thing is there's a dw.com article entitled what hollywood movies do to perpetuate racial stereotypes and one thing they talk about is how um in hollywood it used to be quite common to hire people who were not a specific ethnicity to play someone of that ethnicity so you would hire for example, um, white people playing um, characters of Asian descent. Ah. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. No. Okay, it's I've a famous it. um, older film. I think it came out, I want to say, yeah, 1961. And Mickey Rooney, who is a white actor, played an Asian person. And he had, like, yellow face. And he was talking in a very stereotypical... Oh, my God. Asian accent. Yeah, it was not... I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's not good. Not good. The one Very that, offensive. The one that came to my mind is um, Avatar. Oh, the live yeah. action Avatar. I completely... I like to forget that movie existed sometimes. No, sometimes <laughs> I do too. Who doesn't? Oh, But okay. like, they whitewashed the shit out of that cast. Another example is um, actually Doctor Strange. So you've seen Doctor Strange. Love Doctor Strange. So please talk to me about Doctor Strange. Um, the example that's used is Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Playing um the ancient one, who in the comics is an Asian character. Yeah. Tilda Swinton is not Asian. Is Tilda Swinton not Asian? Oh my god. Um no, Tilda Swinton is British. She's not Asian. So basically, for the movie, well, they don't specifically say like the ancient one's Asian or British. But in the comics, the ancient one was portrayed as Asian. Yeah. And in the movie... It's a British woman. It is a white woman. <laughs> I feel like we said this in the superhero episode, but I'm going to say it again. It's really messed up. Superheroes are a really good allegory for representation. Yeah. 
it's really messed up when you take a character who used to be one way and you change them and take out any representation there used to be. Like, for example, Bucky Barnes... Um, Bucky Barnes exists in the comics. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Bucky Barnes in the MCU movies is a mix between the character of Bucky Barnes from the comics and Arnie Roth. He's a mix between those characters. How he is portrayed in the movies is a mix between those comics. So while Bucky Barnes did exist before... Well, while he has existed since the 40s, the way he is portrayed in the movies is a mix between how he is portrayed in the comics and another character named Arnie Roth. And Arnie Roth is a gay and Jewish man. Bucky Barnes in the movies specifically is neither, even though he is partially based on that character. Does that make sense? Kind of. The movie version of him is not just Bucky Barnes from the comics. Which is weird, but that's for some reason how they wrote him. In a way, I kind of understand it. So it's weird in the that they, sense that they slightly based him off of a gay Jewish man, and yet he is neither gay or Jewish. So why base him off of that character at all? At that point, it's just, I don't know. I hate when people take away representation. It's like, what's the point? It wouldn't have been that hard to find an Asian, Asian actor to play the ancient one instead of Tilda Swinton. It wouldn't have been that hard. They just did not care enough to make it accurate. They just wanted a big name. So, you know the movie uh, Ghost in the Shell? It was a movie that came out... Oh, yeah, that was bad. That it, was bad. It was based off of a Japanese manga series um, where the ca- the lead character is, I think, Japanese. And they got Scarlett Johansson. They got Scarlett Johansson, a white woman. What a mess. Both of these are examples of... They just wanted a big name to play the lead character. Doesn't matter if they don't fit the role. Yeah. Which is so messed up because... A different group is represented in the um, uh, original media that this is converted from. Why would you take away their representation? That is such a harsh thing to do. It's unnecessary. And all Hollywood cares about is money. Sorry. I'm getting really heated about this. You're getting really heated? Yeah. It makes me so... Like, people only do this for money because they want a big name in the movie. They don't care about representation for the people. For example... Um, that the, was a shit movie. For example, DW.com has a chart that says, while blackface has decreased, mm. black characters still die first in Hollywood. That's messed up. Messed it's up. like the barrier gaze trope. Ah, oh, bury the gaze. The gays always die first in anything. So true. And you know what? As a man, I did Sorry. find... Um, as a man, I did find some common stereotypes of men in media. Ooh, this should make, be interesting. So you could, like, relate. This should be interesting. I want... So... Mediasmarts.ca has an article called Common Stereotypes of Men in Media. So various media analysts and researchers argue that media portrayals of male characters fall within a range of stereotypes. The first stereotype is self-sufficiency. Men should figure things out on their own without the help of others. I feel like that's a societal stereotype. That's not even a film. Well, like That's societal. But you see that a lot in media. Yeah. Guys have to figure things out on their own, mm-hmm. which is stupid. It is how it is. If you figure things out on your own, good for you. But if you need help, you should be able to get help without feeling bad about yourself. Um, the second stereotype is acting tough. A man should always defend his reputation and be willing to use physical aggression to do so. The first thought I had was the Kissing Booth movie on Netflix because I remember when that came out. I think I was a freshman in high school. It was so popular. All the girls who I knew were like, 
Oh my god, Noah Flynn is so hot. Like, I went to an all guys school. I, I didn't oh, have this. All we girls and you were like, oh, he's so hot. And in the movie, he's only aggressive. He beats other people up. And when his girlfriend doesn't listen to him, he slams on his car to get her attention and screams at her. That's not hot. That's abusive. Yeah. So, no. Number three is physical attractiveness. A man should be physically attracted, tra- attractive, but effortlessly. Effort- effortlessly? Effortlessly so. Male characters are likely to be shown as unusually muscular in media. Facts. Facts. Like, for example, um... There, there are no mid-level looking men of importance in movies. Well, if you think about it, Sylvester Stallone, right? Um, have you seen Rocky? I love Rocky. Okay. Don't talk. Don't say, have you seen Rocky? I was making sure. I was just if making... you haven't seen Rocky, that's a huge red flag. Okay, okay, okay. Huge red flag. But in Rocky, Sylvester Stallone was in good shape. Yeah. But he was like naturally so. Like he worked out to get there, right? Yeah, he trained. And then rambo and i think either rocky three or rocky four and on he started using steroids did he really Mm-hmm. which gave him like he looked even more i don't know the word i'm gonna use is buff but it was very clear that it was unnaturally so mm, like the boss oh, you're not a so person. he looked he looked fine in the other movies like he was he i mean regardless of how he looked but like he was in shape and then, even though he was in shape, he felt the need to use steroids to make his body look even, even more. more so. A man shouldn't feel like, even though there's nothing wrong with his body, he should want to fix it. That's messed up. See, I just think it is how it is. Um, I guess that's a very man way to think about it. The number it four, it the number four stereotype is rigid masculine gender roles. Men should engage in stereotypically masculine activities and embrace stereotypically masculine roles. In media, men are less likely to be shown engaging in active in an active parenting role compared to female characters. I was just say they they do it in a way where you're the loser. Like have, I've heard if you do it, then you're you're weird. You're less. I've heard the phrase "ah" is is like to women with who have children. Ah, is your husband babysitting today? He's not babysitting. He's parenting. That's his child. Yeah, like that's the job. Have you what? Ever, have you ever seen the uh have you ever seen the intern with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway? I sure have. Okay, that the man, the the man in the movie mm-hmm. where Anne Hathaway is like the the mogul, the billion dollar baby, if you will. Uh the guy is like the stay-at-home dad. Mm-hmm. And like throughout the movie, he cheats on Anne Hathaway. Uh and like throughout the movie, I forget where because I've so only, basically I've only seen it twice. Even but, though he's shown as a good dad, they can't let him just have that. Yeah, he can't be a good dad. There's something wrong with him. There's something wrong with him because he's like the stay-at-home dad. Or like if you look at Pitch Perfect, and I said that because I've just seen Pitch Perfect. You know Benji? Yes, love Benji. Benji's the weirdo because he's not super ripped. Can sing. Or he can sing, but because he's not super but he's into and magic, like Star he's Wars into and into stuff. magic yeah. and he's a nerd, he's the outcast. He's the loser. That um, that kind of shit. That's the stuff that, that annoys me. Yeah. But again, I know that's a small potatoes thing. The fifth stereotype is heterosexuality and homophobia. Men should avoid being gay or being perceived as being gay. I feel like I've seen that a lot. Honestly, I can't think of a time where I've seen this. 
I have. And I, maybe it's because not, I'm not looking. Not in modern day, but I feel like if you go back and watch movies that were like. But that's true with every stereotype. It's well, it's just stereotypes getting, are getting, notably worse the farther back better. you go. But I'm saying like I used to hear like like oh I'm, dude I'm not gay like you know just I'm like I'm not gay. But like I'm not gay in a way where it's like oh hey I'm not gay. It's I'm not gay in a way where it's like offense offended. Yeah, if I'm not gay. that. Like if somebody asked you like Dom. Are you gay? Just like why are you gay? No, like if somebody <laughs> asked you if you were gay, you're gonna be like, oh no, I'm not gay. Nah, not, how dare you say I'm gay? Because like, you know who, what I mean? Who says I'm gay? You are gay. The sixth, uh, the sixth stereotype is hypersexuality. Men Hi. should value sexual conquests over intimacy. The majority of men in media are shown as being single. Seventy nine percent. But also the single men get bitches. What if what if we walk around with no bitches? Proceeds to hit the gritty. <laughs> what? Sorry. It's funny. Proceeds to hit gritty. Um What yeah, like like all men No, like they sleep example, around. For example, my favorite my favorite shows are Supernatural and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Okay. Okay. In Supernatural, pretty much the whole show. Both the main characters who are men. While they have relationships every now and then, they never settle down, ever. And in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the main male characters, once again, never settle down. While they have relationships, they never settle down. The women in those shows, they settle down. So I feel like, yeah. I, I get the one where, like, men have relationships. I don't see the second half where it's, like, the women settle down. Because I'm trying to think of all the shows that I watch, and I don't know. Um, like, in Arrow, Oliver sleeps his way through the female cast Th- from seasons one to three he sleeps his way through the female cast harley quinn right all right a majority of the characters are male like there's um who's the dude with the big head the tiny one oh my god dr psycho dr psycho <laughs> okay for example here's here's how I'll fucking, that dude's a menace that dude's a fucking We'll use menace. Harley Quinn as an example because Please. both Dom and I have watched the show. I was going to say, it's hard to think of shows that only I've seen. So, from for example, yeah. the majority of the men in that show do not want to settle down. Dr. Psycho had a wife, ex-wife, does not want to settle down. You fuck. Clayface <laughs> does not settle down. Nanawe, or King Shark. He's settled. Harley Quinn and Harley. Poison Ivy both want to settle. Poison Ivy first wants to settle with Kite Man, then with Harley. Harley first settles with Joker, then with then with Ivy. Yeah. 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 Um, Batman never settles. But he wants to Joker, settle with Selena. Joker never settles. Um stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like yeah. 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 I fucking love Harley Quinn. Okay. Number seven. The seventh stereotype is aggression and control. Men should use violence to get respect and should always have the final say about decisions in a relationship. In a relationship? Taking, or no, taking no for an answer is rare in popular boys' TV shows. Male characters also commit 62.5% of violent acts compared to 375 in female characters. I'm trying to think in Men shows... Men are more violent in shows. I'm trying to think of shows that I've watched. I watch shows that are based in violence anyway. I'm going back to the kissing booth, which is a rom-com, and one of the lead characters smashing... Like Barbarian? Sm- <laughs> one of the lead characters, um, when his girlfriend walks away, he says, come back here, Elle. And when she doesn't, he says, come back here. And when she doesn't, he slams his fist on his car and screams, come back here, Elle. And then she does, because she's scared of him. 
Yeah. And he does things like this all the time. When this other guy messes with his girl, he beats him up. Everything is settled with violence. And that's so... Not only is that bad representation, but it is harmful because it perpetuates the idea that violence, if you are a man, violence is okay. Which is not. (laughs) See, I don't know. Maybe because I'm a man. Again, it also has to be the kind of shows I watch because I don't watch shows where it's like... Some example where violence is outside of what I, you know what I mean. Violence is is normal in the context of the show anyway. Mm. So it's like he's not being abnormally violent; he's just being violent. So the examples that this article gives is the Fast and the Furious as an example for using aggression to solve problems, Star Trek as an example of repressing your emotions, and The Dark Knight um, is an example of isolating yourself and becoming emotionally withdrawn. Nah. Yeah. Fat cat cat. Facts. Fact, Facts. Fat cat. Fat How? cat. How? I'm in my I'm in my Batman arc. No, you are not. I'm in my Batman. You are literally arc. not isolating yourself. You have so many friends. I no no emotionally. Don't make me go on my Patrick Bateman Batman American Psycho shit right now. Guys, be like I'm fighting demons. I also have. Well, this is slightly outdated. Um, I do have a 2020 Hollywood diversity report. Ooh. Um, and it is done by newsroom.ucla.edu. Eucla. Eucla. Um, so keep in mind, all of this data is from 2020. Um, and while that is still recent, it is also two years ago. So UCLA's latest Hollywood diversity report as of 2020, it says that... The, the top 10 films and minority box office share from 2019 has um, has a percent minority for each of these films. So, number one is Avengers Endgame. The percent minority in that movie was 11% to 20%. That's not great. That's a very small amount. The Lion King, um, I think this is the live action one, yeah, has over 50% minority minorities working in the film yeah um frozen 2 has 11 20 percent spider-man far from home had 41 to 50 percent captain marvel far from home captain marvel had 31 to 40 percent toy story 4 had 21 to 30 percent joker had 11 percent to 20 percent aladdin had over 50 percent star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker had 31 to 40 percent fast and furious hobbs and shaw had 41 to 50 percent these are not great when you consider the fact that according to this article in 2019 minorities bought at least 50 percent of the tickets for nine of the top 10 films if so many minorities are watching these films but not represented in them that's just that's so that's so messed up to not represent the audience who you know you're targeting uh ucla's hollywood diversity report of 2022 though um found that the percentage of leading roles played by people of color in the last year's top 200 films has nearly quadrupled since 2011 which is amazing um and the percentage of women in leading roles has nearly doubled over the last decade also amazing um shout out to letitia wright in black panther wakanda forever (laughs) I'm just saying. I just saw the movie. Loved it. However, um, not all minority groups are shown in media. For example, um, Native American representation is 0.6% of 
as of 2021. I was going to say, that thing has to be all-time low. Multiracial is 9.3%. Asian is only 6.4%. Latinx is 7.7%. Um, black representation is 18%. And white is 56.9%. There is a lot of work that still needs to be done there. I'm glad that stuff has doubled and quadrupled. There's a lot of stuff that still needs to be done. Yeah, I honestly could not think of a singular Native American character in um in any popular media. I can... I can think of two in media, not even popular media. The but, Forever Purge. Uh, have you ever seen Frontier starring Jason Momoa? I have not. There's two or three seasons. It, it got discontinued because apparently everyone hated it. But it was about the Dutch fur trade in colonial America, and it predominantly followed Native American populations. A Native American tribe. To end this episode on a good note, I found a Vox.com article um titled how can tv and movies get representation right we asked six hollywood diversity consultants kind of to show how things can get better Uh you know so first of all hollywood diversity consultants aim to increase representation and inclusion at various levels of the industry they also say that the questions and challenges that hollywood needs help with are not one size fits all obviously this is true because there's so many different people who need representation and you can't like hit them all with one show you know which is always important to remember increasing intersectionality is a top priority as one of the um consultants says the point of view is infuse your content with a lot of female characters and then think about the rainbow of what that could be could that person be someone with disabilities could that be a person of color could that person be lgbtq plus lots of times if creators have a limit on female characters if they have only one female character they tend to try to make her flawless the problem comes in because there's often just one so for example it's important to have characters who aren't just like one thing yeah like it's important to have characters who are who have layers it's important to have a character who's just who's not defined by one thing they have many different identities that come together to create a person which is true of everyone you know while things are most certainly not good they're progressing and we can just hope that they kind of get better yeah so thank you so much for listening I've been dumb. I've been faith. And look out for those red flags.